0: This episode of DCR is brought to you by World Anvil, an award-winning website offering a wealth of tools for building your next great adventure. This is Daniel. And this is
1: Krebs. This is Alton. And I am Matai. And you're listening to Dungeon Crawlers Radio, the greatest geek podcast out there. Alright everyone, welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio, where we... Are one man short but that's okay even with one man short it may not be epic but uh it definitely still... doesn't suck it won't suck it won't <laughs> suck at all we have an amazing interview this evening uh with jessica flory talking about her debut novel oceans of sand by uh through immortal works uh so thank you for being on the show this evening
2: thank you i'm so excited to be here with you guys
1: uh ah, so uh you know lots of questions we're probably going to be throwing them at that you know, uh left and right so hopefully you're uh more than adequately ready to start uh throwing out answers to these random questions that are coming your way i don't i mean first off uh you know it was really fun uh just before we started the show you mentioned you know you went and listened to some of the episodes and uh you kind of got to get a feel of the show uh and it doesn't sound like you're too afraid of us, which is a good thing.
2: <laughs> no, no. Maybe slightly intimidated. You guys have been around for a while and you've interviewed some big names. So, but yeah, just so happy to be here talking with you guys and super excited. You definitely win the award for the, the geekiest podcast I've been on. So love that. Yay! <laughs> yes,
3: You all heard it here first, folks. Power <laughs> to the meeple. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um so that's where I've got to ask the question, Jessica. Like why write? Yeah. So so many, so many books out there. Surely enough words have been written. Oh no, never. But never. but tell me, like, like what is it that got you into writing?
2: Yeah, so it's just it's something I've always loved, like since I was a kid. So when I was in fourth grade, I wrote my first like novel. I mean, not really a novel, you know, for a fourth grader, it was a novel. I filled up a whole 70-page notebook, and I was so, so proud. And it was a, this a story about a unicorn. It was basically My Little Pony fan fiction, but <laughs> we're fast, yeah.
3: <laughs> hey, it's a reputable place to start.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I brought it home to my mom, and she read the whole thing and just told me how much she loved it. And I just – I was just glowing, right? And I just – knew that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be an author. So I've never stopped writing since then. And I just, I love to read. I love fantasy. All all the geeky stuff you guys talk about is right up my alley. So I just, I wanna give back to the writers and reading community that have given me so much through my life and just put more amazing stories out into the world. That's what I wanna do.
1: love how oh, it's amazing. Yeah, definitely love that. Uh... I don't know if you had the chance to uh, listen to our Kevin J. Anderson uh, interview, but I mean, his story is very similar. When he was much younger, you know, he's watching the original Star Trek series and he was writing new Star Trek episodes, pretty much fan fiction, just, you know, very similar to you. I you mean, know, yours were Unicorn Bible. Ponies, but his was Star Trek. Um, and we, I've seen that theme uh, a lot. I mean, my first thing that I wrote uh, was way back in third grade and it was a a story about how a tiger got its stripes so it's really interesting how you know writers kind of have this creativity or the storytelling ability that shows up early on in their life
2: yeah and we're inspired by other writers too we're we're yeah. brought up these great stories it makes us want to create more
0: so jessica how long uh from the inception of the idea until when you first put words on paper and then how long from words on paper until now?
2: Yeah, great question. Um, so Oceans of Sand is the fourth novel that I have written, not including the My Little Pawnee fan thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but so but it's the first one to be published. Um, the other three needed to happen. I needed the practice, but they they weren't ready. When I was writing Oceans of Sand, I kind of just felt like think this is it I think this is the one and I'm I'm super excited that it's been published and it's been out in the world for about a month now so um but yeah so I was I'd finished that third book I was kind of looking for the next um idea and just free write um so I never I never really stopped writing my whole life I've been writing um so from idea to finished draft was about a year and a half um, and then I worked on querying it, finding an editor, also editing it myself, met my editor at a writing conference. From the time meeting her and signing a contract to publication was about another year. So, yeah, that's kind of been the story there. It's been a wonderful
1: experience. Yeah, so I mean, before we jump into you know, more details about the book, so what were some of those early on authors that you read that inspired young Jessica to continue to create new stories and continue to write to get to this point of finally this your first novel coming out
2: yeah yeah um so Robert Jordan always gonna be one of my favorites yes I love you (laughs) (laughs) oh I love it um, yeah, so I started reading him in junior high. I think my dad introduced me to his books and was just like, oh, you got to read these. They're so good. And I just, yeah, just fell in love. Um, Brandon Sanderson, another huge favorite of mine. I love everything he writes. When he was chosen to finish The Wheel of Time, I was just like, it's yes! like I was so, so happy. And man, he really nailed it, like such a good job. So those two authors, really heavily influenced me um growing up and still to this day especially brandon sanderson he puts out so much uh good stuff so yeah definitely an influence in my work there um i also really like marissa meyer i think she is great she writes some awesome fantasy romance which is kind of kind of the way i i lean i like to include a lot of romance in my fantasy um and she's also pretty clean which is important to me it's really important to me that i write i'm writing clean stuff that i wouldn't be mm-hmm. you know afraid for my kids to read that's kind of my goal so yeah i love it
3: nice. and and you know it's it's exciting to say that oceans of sand is is your fourth book that's come out you said
2: right so fourth book i've written, she's written. first book to come out this ah. is my new novel mm-hmm
3: there we go. Exciting. So what was that process like for you to to make the jump to get this first one published and and especially choosing to work with Immortal Works? Like that's a great option, but what was that path for you?
2: Yeah. Oh man, it's been such a wonderful experience and just so so great. It's been a dream come true. So I met, like I said, I met my editor Lindsay Flanagan. She's wonderful with the Immortal Works um, at LTUE Life, the Universe, and Everything, that uh, the Sci-Fi Fantasy Writers Conference in Utah, which is wonderful. So I met her, pitched my work to her, um, and she was interested in the idea. So she said, "Do you have any, you know, pages I can read?" And so I was like, "Yeah." Uh. So I pulled out my computer, and she starts reading it in front of me and it was like the most nerve-wracking five minutes of my life (laughs) Um, but she was like I'm really liking this can I see more so I sent her more we waited a couple weeks um, and when I got the the acceptance email the email saying she wanted you know to acquire this book I just jumped up and started screaming (laughs) and my husband was working from home he was upstairs he heard me and he was actually on a meeting on a call and he said, I have to go. I think my wife just found out that her book is getting published. <laughs> so he came running down the stairs and we celebrated and it was just wonderful. Um, but yeah, so I started working with Immortal Works and they've just been wonderful. So great to work with. Such an awesome publisher. Um, and yeah, the editing process with Lindsay was great. And they took over cover, copywriting, all that stuff. So yeah, they've been awesome. It's been such a amazing journey.
3: Love it. So having... You know, with this being the first book that you've done with another publisher, you explicitly mentioned the editing process. I'm really curious, for you, what percentage of, you know, what you originally presented ended up making it to the final cut? And what were some of the things that you learned along the way going through that process with a publisher?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I feel like the content, for the most part, stayed true to what I had written. But Lindsay really helped me kind of tighten the prose, make it sound really nice, just make it make it shine, basically, is what she helped a lot with. Also, the beginning. We worked a lot on the beginning. The beginning so important, right? And the original beginning I had was okay, but she helped me make it just well, so much better. So that's kind of where most of the edits were focused, the beginning and then the prose.
3: I love it you know and and everybody needs help along the way right Mm -hmm. especially that first leap like you said even is, is is such a big deal and sometimes it comes out of the most unusual of circumstances and so being able to have that kind of library of works that you're already working on ready and accessible and able to be handed to somebody like even that on its own is a huge huge accomplishment huge kudos to you on that thank you so this is where naturally i have to say you know dungeon crawlers were supported by a great network of of resources that can help you polish your own library and get it ready for publishing and if you want to support us in the show here's a quick clip from uh, one of our sponsorships if you've been listening to the show
0: for a while you've heard daniel talk about world anvil I tried it myself, and holy moly, kids, World Anvil is designed to help you lay out the master plan for your campaign or the entire plot for your novel. The suite of features is immense, but the excellent tutorials and resources help me get rolling in no time if you have a campaign or story idea that is begging to be unleashed give world anvil a try and you can use the code dcr40 to get a whopping 40 percent off today go right now to worldanvil.com
3: and try out an award-winning world building suite of tools that are totally epic and don't suck thanks so much and now we got to make sure to take it back to jessica so now I think it'd be a natural spot to kind of talk a little bit more about the story itself that, that yes. you've written, right? So uh, do you mind if I read the quick synopsis that I that I found over on Thrift Books?
2: Yeah, please.
3: So here we go. Ready? Here's the overview. One girl, her boat. Sorry, I, sh- uh, I won't process that much. Um,
0: <laughs> oh, no, no, man. Run go, with it. That the, was awesome. Go, go run with that one. That's perfect. I Th- love this it. This is the definition <laughs> of epic. Proceed.
3: <laughs> yeah. It feels like it feels like I'm only supposed to pull that voice out for Rad Dome though. It's kind of like I'm cheating a little.
1: No, I don't think it's cheating. I think it totally works.
3: Okay, fine. We'll give Jessica the special treatment. She's she's been really nice to us this evening. So special. Okay, here we go. Ready? <clears throat> One girl, her boat, an ocean of sand to cross. Nora's desert world has always been treacherous, with the rolling ocean of sand, giant scorpions, and brutal sandstorms, but now an a natural famine plagues the desert nations and threatens to destroy all. Despite being the only one in her village without a sand gift, Nora is chosen with her best friend, Zadok, to sail across the ocean of sand in search of the legendary Moonstone, an artifact that could end the famine. As Nora and Zadok set, fo- set off on their journey, secret romantic feelings each has suppressed for years rise to the surface. Love weakens sand gifts, and if they act on their feelings, Zadok's sand gift will disappear. Caught in a crossfire between forbidden feelings, and unforgiving desert, and starving nations willing to do anything to survive, Nora and Zadok discover the true meaning of sacrifice and the power that love has to heal the world.
1: Ooh.
3: Wow. <laughs> so... What was like the foundational idea that kicked this whole thing off? Is this a story that you've just like had in the back of your head for a long time? Or did you find that it revealed itself to you line by line? Did you start with an outline? Like what, what was it like for you to to figure out this story?
2: Yeah, so I'm definitely an outliner. Um, I need to have an outline ahead of time. But the ideas did come piece at a time. So like I said, I was in between books. i just finished book three. I was querying that. Um, and I was trying to think of what I was going to work on next and find kind of the next idea. So usually when I'm in that zone, I'm free writing a lot, getting writing prompts online, just kind of letting my brain uh, go wild. So the prompt that inspired Oceans of Sand was right about being alone in a vast space. So I just kind of went with that. And the first thing that popped into my head was the desert. And that really intrigued me. Like, what would that be like? Uh, to be just surrounded by sand. Everywhere you look there is sand and how would you know where to go? What would happen if you got lost? Just that idea really interested me Um, and so this character popped into my head, a girl trying to cross the desert to save her people. That's where the initial idea came from Um, and so my degree is actually in molecular biology which is funny because you interviewed a micro (laughs) Yeah. So fun. Um, but so I really love to play with science and physics and things in my setting. And I use my degree a lot to make the setting interesting and unique and still feel real. Um, so along the way, just the ideas rolling, I thought, what if the moon was so close to their world that it actually pulled the sand into waves? Um, so this girl having to cross the desert, she does it in a boat. She's got to cross the ocean of sand. Um, and what, what dangers is she going to find there? What creatures live in the ocean of sand? So that's kind of where the initial idea came from. And it just just spiraled from there. And of course, she's got to have a love interest and something keeping them apart. So I gave her her best friend, Zadok, um, but they can't get together or else his magic will disappear. So That's kind of where the premise came from. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I'm glad that you mentioned academia um, because... I've always been I've always been told that geology rocks. But uh, I, I really I think that geography is where it's at. Wow. <laughs> but how is your how's your history, uh Wait. Jessica? Oh. Your classical history? Did you did you remember much about that?
2: Oh man, it's been a while.
3: Therefore, Don't say too much. It might reveal your age.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: there was uh do you remember the the roman empire emperor who never aged past 19
2: oh uh, um, no
0: yeah his name was constantine
2: uh, uh, that's that's great
3: <laughs> wow i
2: love it i love it
1: oh, oh anyway. it actually serves really me in one. the best ways <laughs> <laughs> really good ones it just kind of fit in um no, i guess got i gotta to get to a great
2: question
1: um right. sorry you dad are you a Do dad
0: I, um, am i a dad yes oh just absolutely
2: Dad books are and <laughs> i'm just impressed
1: yeah it's like <laughs> every a, episode it's just not. yes
0: i have many in fact my wife her father's day a few years ago gave me a big t-shirt that has the words i keep all my dad jokes in a database with dad instead of data
2: yeah. <laughs> oh that is fantastic i love yeah that. awesome
1: It is awesome. So, real quick question. Because, you know, you mentioned the moon is so close that it's actually causing waves in the sand. You know, there is magic here. But what is the technology that allows them to sail across the sand? Because, I mean, I've tried to surf down a hill on a surfboard of sand, and it's not easy. Uh, You see videos of people doing it all the time, so I can't imagine a ship being able to do that too easily
2: Mm mm-hmm yeah definitely so since it is a fantasy and less sci-fi there's a little bit less technology and more more leaning into the magic right okay so the magic system in the book is based around sand um and the most common of the sand gifts the magical gifts is called shaking so they can move the sand and that's what propels them across they can manipulate the sand shape it um use it to make the boat go across the ocean of sand. So Nora, my main character, she has no sand gift and she's the only one in her village or the world, as far as she knows, who doesn't have a sand gift. Everyone is born with a sand gift. That's just part of the world. Um, so I kind of wanted to, uh, put the chosen one trope on its head and be like, cause normally the chosen one is kind of the most powerful person. You were born with these great gifts. You have to save everyone, right? Um, but Nora was born with no gifts and she still has to save everyone, but she could not get across the ocean of sand without Zadok. He's a very powerful sand shaker. So he is who moves their boat across the ocean of sand. And there's other sand gifts, um, all kind of around, around sand. And I went, I went deep into my research of what, what you could do with sand and kind of learned sand under pressure becomes quartz. So there's. There's forgers who can turn sand into quartz. There's people who can take energy from the sand and use it to become stronger or to heal people. So that's kind of what my magic system is based around. Nice.
1: No, I I, I like that. Um, you know, I like how you spun that trope around. Uh, it mm-hmm. seems very much like uh, Mirabel from Canto, where she doesn't have any powers, but she's really the chosen one to to save everyone. Yeah. Uh, and not only that, it seems like you've kind of taken. Creating your own magic system that's a little bit like earthbending and a little bit like uh, ah, Brandon Sanderson's uh, what is it, the Sandmaster? Is all, Sandmaster, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, ah. So I, I like that, but not only that, it it has a little bit of both, but It's your own, and you've created something unique and really exciting here. Oh. Uh, I like the fact that instead of using technology, like nope, I'm just I'm focusing on magic. It's all magic. That's how we do this, which is fantastic. You know, and there and
0: there is some science beyond what you're saying about uh, about the sand, not only the, the quartz thing you mentioned. But um, I remember I, I learned this back in 1994 because of the Northridge, California earthquake. Uh, I lived in California back then, and it was a big deal. And one of the things they found is that the reason that the highways collapsed was the liquefaction of the sandy soil. Wow. With enough vibrations, the sand basically becomes the quicksand we remember from cartoons when we were kids convincing us that we'd have to deal with quicksand on a daily basis, which never happened, and I'm still disappointed in. But <laughs> that's basically what happened to the sand, right? Is it wow. becomes like like the quicksand. And so yeah. this is so your your magic system is is very realistic, is is based on something that could actually happen.
2: Yeah, that's, that's- great. That's what I was going for. So I'm very happy to hear that. Um, and actually, if you fall into the ocean of sand, you are sucked under right away. So it's a very dangerous
1: Yeah so. yes. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's awesome. fulfillment.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> sand <laughs> sucks. Uh, you to, wonder. The follow-up work and uh, what Matai was saying, uh Mark Robert, uh brilliant guy, he actually filled a uh, a swimming pool full of sand and then introduced vibration into it and then they were able to jump into it like it was water. It's amazing. So if you want to that's look great. it up on YouTube, oh, uh, maybe that'll give you some ideas for sequels of the book. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, but I do like the fact uh, that if they if they get sucked under, I mean, I don't know which is worse. Getting sucked under under water or sand? That's both seem terrifying. Yeah. But at least with water, you have a chance of Getting yeah. up, it seems like with sand, that chance of rising to the surface is less.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's pretty much a death sentence in my world. To
1: yeah, yeah, So yeah. what other type of creatures do you have in this world that we may not see every day? Because it seems like it's a very deserty planet, but maybe you've created something unique that we've never seen before.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to pull kind of the familiar into it. Um, but also keep it unique. I want people to experience the desert. Um, so I did. I did take a lot of inspiration from our our deserts today, but also tweaked it just just to keep it fun. Um, okay. So scorpions. But they're giant. You know, got to have that. So it's it's great. Um, and there's creatures that actually live in the ocean of sand and make it work. So they're very light. They can they can go through the sand without getting pulled under. They're called sand moles they've got this hard shell and kind of feathery fins that let them get through it so they're they're pretty fun um there's camels but they're a little bit different since since gravity is so different than our worlds because of the moon being so close um they've got to have like wide flat feet to kind of navigate the shifting sands um so yeah just some some familiarity there but also also some uniqueness in the creatures you'll find in
3: this world. Very cool. So I've got two different questions for you, and they are very unrelated. So uh, the the first one then is kind of branching off what you're talking about with some of these other creatures, obviously taking into account some of the unique science and, and problems that would be presented by the differing nature of gravity and having a world that is primarily sand and things like that. How does your background in molecular biology lay into the information within your writing?
2: Yeah. So I used my science background to just make the setting feel real, right? Like I just did lots of research, um, just delving deep into how people would live if gravity was so different like this, like um, what's water going to do in gravity like this what happens when it rains what are sandstorms going to be like um and how how would you live so basically they live on plateaus like big plateaus that jut out of the ocean of sand and they can they can use um boats to get around in the ocean of sand but only do like out of necessity right because it's so dangerous so they live on these plateaus um And yeah, I just, I used my science background to design the creatures, to design the setting and to what I hope uh, make it feel real, like a place that could really exist.
3: Very cool. And and building off of that, you know, because you've got all this background into this world building, that leaves a whole bunch of open opportunities to explore this world in, in all kinds of different ways. And I noticed that on the cover of Oceans of Sand, it mentions that this is book one of a duology. So I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. I obviously don't want to get too spoilery because we've got to talk about the first book first. But have you found that as you're exploring this world and the characters in it, that you're encountering a lot of cool things that you could see expanding even beyond the duology into a broader world if you wanted to do other accessory uh, stories or products or things like that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to me, it's such a fascinating concept and there's a lot to explore here. So in book two, uh, there's definitely going to be more of the ocean of water and how they navigate that, how, how that's even possible. Um, I'm already working on that with my editor, which has been great. So hopefully that that will not be too far out um, publication date. But yeah, so book two, definitely wanting to explore more of the world. What else is out there? Um, I'm working on a novella as well um, that kind of takes place in uh, generations before functions of sand, kind of a sand gift origin story. Um, and then I'm not, I'm not sure. I hope to do more in this world, but we'll see. Nora's story wraps up really nicely after book two. So I guess we'll see what happens from there.
3: Very cool. Well, definitely looking forward to to seeing how that goes. And, uh, you know, where should people be looking for this? Uh, Obviously, I've seen it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Thrift Books. um, But where where would you like people to come and find it to make sure that they're supporting you the
2: best? Oh, Amazon is great. Um, My website, JessicaFlory.com, is a great place to connect with me. Um, I'm actually giving away a copy of Oceans of Sand every month for its first year of life. So you can sign up for my newsletter there and you're automatically entered into my monthly giveaway. So
3: very cool. Wonderful.
2: Well, I
0: I don't want to uh, steal Krebs's lightning round, but I do have three questions for you. Okay. Okay. This is getting to know Jessica Flory. Uh, what are the three most important things that are completely frivolous? To Jessica Flory.
2: Oh man! All right. Um. Well, chocolate. I gotta say, chocolate. All
3: right. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Good one. <laughs> Not alone there. Um. I want to say books, but then I don't know if books are frivolous. Like, does that really count? Like, man, well,
0: I, I it, for for the purposes of this discussion, yes. Okay. Not necessary for existence. No emotional, moral attachment. But you like them, and that's the important
1: part. Oh, yeah,
2: I need books and like physical books. A Kindle is great and it has its purposes, but I love to hold books. My husband makes fun of me for how many books I bring on vacations and everywhere we go. So, yeah, You'll no
3: shame about that. The smell of printer's ink <laughs> and high quality cardstock.
1: Oh, it, man. yeah, it is. And flipping the page as you're rushing towards the next sentence. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wonderful.
2: Um, third thing, again, I don't know if it's frivolous per se, but I mean, I I love to work out. I'm actually a fitness instructor, um, and I I love fitness. So fitness has got to be my third thing. It's like my stress relief, Good. right? The other need in my daily life to get me through. All right.
0: So question number two: You are given a day where all of your responsibilities and obligations are being met. You have an entire day to yourself to do whatever you want guilt free. How do you spend your day?
2: Well, wow. That sounds amazing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're okay. talking fantasy, right?
2: <laughs> uh, that, yeah, that is definitely a fantasy. Um, I would I would actually write. I I mean, I do it because I love it, right? Like I wish I had more time to do it. So I would spend a lot of, Yeah. <laughs> I would spend a lot of that time writing. I'm sure you can guess what else I would do. I would spend a lot of that time reading. (laughs) That would be, you know, that would probably be all I did, actually. If I had a whole day, no obligations, man, that would be just the life. I would just write and read and eat chocolate on the couch. That that would be my life.
0: Uh, And then my last question, if you could meet any three people and talk with them about whatever you wish, what three people, living or dead, uh, would you want to talk to?
2: That is a very good question. Okay. Um, Brandon Sanderson, for sure. I would totally meet him.
0: And Within so I- live in living category, okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um. So I actually took a class from him at BYU in college, which was oh, just a dream. So nice. but I would still add him to the list because I would want to meet him again <laughs> and just- uh, actually like i would want to give him my book and just be like look i did it like i was your student and now i did it it's here my book yeah so that i would talked awesome. with him a couple of times i
0: think that he yeah. loves like him he actually
2: uh, loves that absolutely. absolutely he's just he's just a great guy all around um person number 2 uh it's getting trickier i'd probably have to say einstein because mm-hmm. You know, this is coming from my science background. He's just a hero of mine. And just, I think his journey is so cool. Kind of going from like being labeled as the the dumb kid in school to now Einstein is what you call like brilliant people, right? Like I think discoveries <laughs> are just like phenomenal. And I would love to like have him explain relativity to me because I still don't really get it, but I think it's awesome. <laughs> So he I would definitely pick him. Um, person number three. Oh, it's kind of hard to narrow it down. Ooh, yeah. Lots of cool people to choose from. I'd probably I'll probably go back to my writing roots and just say Robert Jordan, because I think it'd be so cool to meet him. I mean, man, he just produced this phenomenal work just spanning so much story and just each book is like huge and so good. So I would, yeah, I'd love to pick his brain. Just be like, how did you do that? Yeah.
0: Great. Good answers. Good answers. Thank you for giving us an insight into Jessica
3: Flory. (laughs) I love how we've got a molecular biologist who wants to hang out with authors and a physicist, a (laughs) theoretical (laughs) physicist at that. It's it's a beautiful thing. But that also means that, you know, you're a nice, well-rounded person with a lot of good interests. And and that just, I have found that the authors who are that way tend to incorporate more good details and world building into their books. Because they're thinking about all the little details along the way. So I'm super excited to read this. Dungeon Crawlers, make sure to go check it out as well. Uh, Amazon, wherever you can find it. The name is Jessica Flory. M- most wonderful author. We're so grateful to have her. The book is Oceans of Sand. And uh, yeah, please go out and support and uh, let us know how you feel about it. Leave a good review. That's always one of the best ways to help new authors that are that are growing. And uh, thank you for your time.
1: Yeah. yeah. Author uh, reviews are the lifeblood of authors, especially uh, debut authors. Uh, that, so definitely after you've read it, you know, Give it a solid good uh review. If you didn't like it, just don't say anything. Just put it away. You know, uh there's nothing worse than getting on to Amazon and seeing someone put like a one star review and they just rip you a new one. And it's like, really? It it sucks. It sucks. Because you've written this thing, it is a part of your soul. And mm-hmm. for someone to do that, it's just a hard rejection to to take. So, uh,
3: but on the opposite side, when someone who picks up your book for the first time, who is not your grandmother or husband or whoever, yes. then leaves an awesome review and gets super excited and walks up to you at the convention to get it signed, man, what a feeling! Yes, yeah, yes.
2: Can't beat it.
3: Well, we're Can't looking forward it. to having some of those opportunities with you, Jessica.
2: Thank yes. you.
1: So, folks, go out, support Jessica and her writing career so that we can get the second book. And not only that, so that we can see more amazing novels come out from Jessica. And check out Immortal Works. Uh, They have some great other novels as well. But more importantly, that's one place that you'll be able to pick up Jessica's novel besides Amazon and the like. So, remember uh, to support your local author and uh, be epic and don't suck.
0: And all my nerdlings out there remember to always let your
3: geek flag fly. So say we all. And dungeon crawlers, tell your story, whatever may come.
1: Remember, the Force will be with you. Always. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find us.